There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Got a nice surprise for you today. Brittany's back, but hey, guess who is also here? Lori, live from Hawaii, one last time. Aloha, Lori. Aloha. Yes, and I am coming home. People are like, when are you ever coming home? And I just thought, one more snowstorm away. Right? (laughs) You were smart to wait (laughs) it out. Smart (laughs) ass. I I know. I I don't even, you know, it's 76 and mostly sunny here today. Oh. Well, last yeah, night so. I had a thunderstorm come through that woke me up in the middle of the night. So we had lightning and thunder last night. And tonight Ooh. we could get seven inches with some blizzard-like winds to add on top of that. So a oh, little best of both everyone worlds here. Everyone <laughs> must be... You just are so sick of winter by the end of March. Oh. Um, yeah. We haven't even hit... This is bit. why I'm Lori of Hawaii. <laughs> That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm a lucky biatch. That's right. This is true. This is true. This is so true. And you know what's kind of fun? Well, first of all, Brittany, thank you so much for filling in. And uh, I love the picture of you and Julia and Go-Go at Target with those amazing boots. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. That was Nordstrom's. Uh, oh, was that Nordstrom's? Yes. Excuse me. No, no. But thank you for the compliment. We had a lot of fun. And I love I love broadcasting because with you because how often do I get to say, like, oh, sorry, I'm... We're broadcasting with somebody in Hawaii. You know what I mean? Like, I've added that to my resume of (laughs) random facts. Well, you know, what's kind of special about this trip is that um, Casey and Julia's sister, the one who really, I mean, she and Julia, I mean, all of them, the the Bargini gene is strong. But anyway, she joined us on Tuesday, and she's a Hawaii virgin. She has never been to Hawaii. And I think... That's probably true of a lot of people. I kind of forget that because I my very first job out of college was travel related. I was a spring break trip director in Daytona Beach. And then my next job was for a company called Condo Holidays. And I was 24. My boss was 25. And we ended up meeting Ron Rice, who invented Hawaiian Tropic, on a plane. And he said, I want to stage a Miss Hawaii Tropic pageant. And we ended up being the the hotel uh, connection, if you will, the condo connection. So in one year, my, my in one year alone, I went to Hawaii 12 times. I've been here over 100 times. Whoa. That's the crazy. The travel business. I've been on boondoggles, honeymoons, vacation. I mean, really, I'm Hawaii spoiled. So when Catherine, who's never been to Hawaii, it's like, and maybe, maybe I don't want to say it's like, but seeing things through your child's eye, yeah. you, know, you see things through these virgin eyes. Yeah. And of course, 
the big island of Hawaii is the youngest island, but it's a lot of black lava rock. It's not the lush tropical. There are parts of it that are, but it's a very unique looking island, you Mm -hmm. know. And um, so it's just so fun to see it through her eyes. Um, Casey told me he'd never been to a luau. Of course, Catherine's never been to a luau. I've been to a luau on every island a couple times, and I'm like, we have to go to a luau, you guys. And so we're going tonight, so that's kind of an exciting Friday night Hawaii plan. Yeah. That's super fun. And you're right. Like, when you bring somebody into a new place, this happens to me whenever I go up north to visit my uh, husband's family. They're all excited to show me things and see, you know, they're like, get a kick that I think things are new. So I think that really adds a new uh, an element to it of like, yeah, this is pretty special. And you got to hold on to that because yeah. how um, how long did uh, uh, his, her sister stay with you guys? She's going to be here. And, uh, we're leave, We're all leaving Tuesday. Oh, okay. So she's just here, you know, for a week. And the hotel that we're going to tonight for the luau, this is just a little travel log if you people will indulge me, but it's called the Mauna Kea Hotel. And it was built in 1965. And when it was built, it was the most expensive hotel in the world ever built. And it's the same design. It's kind of Balinese buddhist temple but it blends in with the cove it's in and the it's it's absolutely unbelievable i i'll try to take some pictures it's it's just a stunning hotel and it's right next door to the western hapunan but they have a luau just twice a week there and um they also have this lookout point where as soon as the sun sets and um, a Kona sunsets or the whole big island sunsets are amazing because the whole island is so black lava rock. It apparently does something with the reflection, refraction, yeah. really red. And um, anyway, uh, they have this spotlight and manta rays come to eat the plankton, which is drawn by the light. They're like five feet across, you guys, just flapping and there might be 50 of them. It's incredible. And people like snorkel with them at night. And mm. Lady Exercise does not approve. She will look down from <laughs> the point and look at the water and look at the things. I don't want to be in the water with them. <laughs> Lori, did you hear that story about those snorkelers in Hawaii? This was like a couple days ago. It looked like a oh. group of young kids or high schoolers or something that were swimming around a bunch of dolphins and they were. Okay, I got the 411. What's going on with that? What's going on? Okay, Daily Reader of Big Island News, which is all news related to the Hawaii, and it's spring break, and there are a lot of rich college kids yeah. who. I guess can afford to come in in Kona. There's a lot of places, condos, you could jam in eight people to a two bedroom. You know what I mean? You could make it mm-hmm. affordable. And Kona town is sort of like Lahaina, but that's where there's going to be action. Like where Casey and I are staying up along the Coast. you know, the action is hula. It's low key. There's no yeah. dancing, clubbing. Mm-hmm. So everyone goes to Kona, but it turns out it was. It was a mix of local and some other kids, and it was overblown. And oh, um, okay, 
Okay, but the, it. I think that the town is like because Casey and I went to Corona Town on Tuesday night. He hates going there, but I just love it. <laughs> and uh, we were picking up his sister, but it was really. I mean, the bars were popping and loud at like six, and the booze cruise gets done at seven. You know, Brittany, the car, the spring break vibe is a yeah. whole just crazy everyone is having fun and yeah so anyway I, I, it got a little bit overblown oh okay like I, it was like a story that didn't have a lot of meat to it but they really leaned into it well they arrested a bunch of kids, kids on the yeah. beach so people were taking videos yeah. and they are very protective like last night at sunset there was this in case he said it wasn't even that big of a sea turtle um, but on resting on the Slava Rock because the tide was out, and Casey sees him because he's body surfing, and he'll see a turtle go by in a wave, you know. Yeah. And, um, but very protective about all sea life, animal life. Yes. You know the monk seals, the nesting turtles, the nini bird. They don't want you messing with anything because already. You know, there's, they're, they just, so they're very, I, I like that about Hawaii. They're yeah. very protective about everything that's here. And it's a tropical place with no snakes, you guys. <laughs> I like that. You, you know that, right? I yeah. did not know that. But I learned I like that it. last year when you were there. Oh. I was like, yeah, the, no snakes. That's, that's amazing. crazy. Why? Somebody brought over some mongooses. And right. they are one of the few animals that can outsmart any kind of a cobra, a snake. Just YouTube mongoose are are and snake. Are they and nice? so there isn't one, one left anywhere on the island. Wow. Okay, are mongoose nice, or now do they have a mongoose they problem? They look like ferrets. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Fast right. little ferrets or those little golden gopher prairie dogs. Prairie okay. dog, yeah. Long oh, ways. I they would don't prefer that they, over a snake. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. How are these little things taking on cobras? I'm watching a video right now, and this little prairie dog is taking on a full-on cobra. Yeah, Yeah. or mongoose. Yeah, it looks like a prairie dog, but yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. So whenever I I do, whenever I have been here with somebody new, and they kind of look around because it's (laughs) so tropical, and they're like, do we have to be worried about snakes? And I'm like, no, the mongoose ate them all. There you go. All right, listen, we got to take a break. Uh, um, and I know we're going to do our last Pick Your Prize winner at 5. Yes, and we also have a Finish Your Line at some point in time today for uh, some Queen tickets with Adam Lambert. Oh, so, M-G. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. We'll be right back. Aloha, it's Lori here. And uh, one of the things that I think most people know is that Chan Hassan Dinner Theater is such an incredible place. It's absolutely iconic and has always been the best place to celebrate a special occasion or girls night out or something like that but we were there with Brittany at the end of February and saw the prom on the main stage and it was a blast from start to finish just an absolute classic KSTP TV called it a crazy fun night not to miss production we agree and it is we're just so taken by the story it's just clever and full of heart with the strong anti-bullying love is love message and it's hilarious see the prom and also the concert series coming up there's a mixed sterling elvis tribute doobie brothers an incredible night with gwen matthews and her gospel tribute the night before easter go to chanhassendt.com for tickets 
Thanks for hanging out with us today. Brittany is filling in for Julia, who's off on a fun adventure of her own with her hubby. Mm-hmm. So I hope she found a dress to wear. That was, I know, her one <laughs> pressing thing that she uh, was like, I've I, I don't know what I'm wearing yet. She, I was just like, you never know what you're wearing. She is pure chaos. We went to Mall of America on Sunday. That's when we took that picture. And um, trying to convince her to just slow down and try things on is <laughs> exhausting. Because she's like, no, no, no. And I get that she doesn't want to go into the like dressing room. Like I get it. But like sometimes you have to. I don't get it. I mean, sometimes you have to stop because she's just like throwing things on over like a sweatshirt. And she's like, it doesn't look right. Oh, yeah. And I'm like... Of course it doesn't. Like, what do you... So, like... (laughs) We both do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both have been known to do that. And And we always say, this is a bad idea. Yeah, yes. And I get it, too. I I definitely, like, I want to avoid the extra time. But I also want to be like, yeah, this isn't a reflection of the way this dress looks on anyone, ever. (laughs) So... (laughs) Well, one of the things, because, of course, being a professional... um, gossip entertainment person i was absolutely following along with the whole gwyneth peltro trial and at first i was convinced that she ran into him because she just is a generally insufferable and pretentious person <laughs> but mm-hmm. as i read as the trial went along and i re- the doctor's daughter said oh you know i'm famous because this woman ran into me and he did all this tra-. i mean it was so clear that she would be vindicated to me, but it was such a funny thing to follow along with. But yeah. GMA, they did a story. The part they left out is that all the people, wherever the tra- trial was, Park City or Salt Lake, I don't know where it was, but the, the 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 number of masks that people had to wear last night after she was vindicated because of all the smoothie smug <laughs> waiting around. <laughs> <laughs> there had to have been a lot of it, you know. And uh, anyway, let's listen to the GMA story. Do we want to start with the, uh, the, the results or should we get into the story? Yeah, just start right there. All right. Sounds good. Was Gwyneth Paltrow at fault? No. Was Terry Sanderson at fault? Yes. This morning, Gwyneth Paltrow waking up victorious. What percent of the fault do you assign to Terry Sanderson? 100%. After more than a week of grueling testimony and heated exchanges, the jury finding 76-year-old Terry Sanderson 100% at fault for a 2016 ski crash in Park City, Utah, involving the two. Paltrow awarded the $1 in economic damages plus the cost of attorney's fees that she sought in her countersuit, claiming Sanderson crashed into her. Mr. Sanderson, categorically. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Hit me on that ski slope and that is the truth. After her win, Paltrow's seen saying something to Sanderson as she left the courtroom, Sanderson revealing the details of that exchange to reporters outside. Her exact words, I wish you well. Very kind of her. I said thank you, dear. 
The Oscar-winning actress releasing a statement overnight saying, I felt that acquiescing to a false claim compromised my integrity. She also thanked the judge and jury. Now, in an ABC News exclusive, juror number 11, Samantha Emery, speaking out for the first time. So the whole thing was a little shocking to me. Revealing she changed her opinion multiple times throughout the trial, but once the case was handed over to the jury, it only took a couple of hours to get all eight of them on the same page. Yeah, we did not have to. Um... We did have a unanimous decision. The 31-year-old saying Paltrow's testimony rang true. Did you find Gwyneth Paltrow's testimony to be convincing? I I did. Um, I think, you know, there was in the back of my mind, yes, this woman's an actress. And, you know, I took that into account. Um, But I, I didn't feel that she had a reason to lie under oath. She's always in the spotlight, so she always has to be honest. And while she says Sanderson may have convinced himself he was right, He didn't convince her. He was telling his truth, and um, I think, unfortunately, some of that has been distorted um, due to some other factors. Um, But I I do think that he did not intend to tell a truth that wasn't his truth. In the end, she says (laughs) it was expert witness, Dr. Schur, (laughs) who really... That's good. That's good, Grant. Um, The thing, when she walked over to him, because I watched the clip of it, and what she whispered to him, I wish you well. Yes. And then he thought it was so kind of her. I, <laughs> I hate to break it to this doctor, but that's like Beverly Hills speak for bleep off. Yeah, it's like sending the thumbs up. You know what I mean? It's very like kiss both cheeks. So cold, so shady. And I actually applaud her for it because... I mean, when they were showing the pictures of him going to Machu Picchu and taking all this trip and his one daughter just said, well, after the ski accident, he couldn't taste wine anymore. And I was just like, oh, how did, I mean, this guy, I think he's going to pay. I think that lawyer bill might be $150,000. I know. And okay. So I liked what she said because I kind of get what she's saying. I don't think he realized that he was lying. I don't think because I think he really believed his BS. But but how can you believe that you? Because it's got... a, a boogeyman. He put everything on <laughs> Gwyneth. He yeah. literally was right. like, right. It was like the way that we you know talk about. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even have the man. I don't know who's even like as evil as he puts Gwyneth in. He has blamed everything has gone in this goop bucket for him, and right. everything that's ever gone wrong. It go, just throw it in the goop bucket. And, you know, that's why. That's why, you know, that's why it's raining today. Um, right. And I think he truly believes that. But, yeah, that. So, I mean, I, I do applaud Gwyneth for the I wish you well. And then poor guy, he's so delusional. He thought it was nice. I know. Very kind. I know. He didn't realize oh. that she was just Beverly Hills speak bleep off. Shane oh, 101. She, I, wonder, I wonder if they make bone broth Sparkling wine for mm. her. Did she break that out last night? Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. You know, an but indulgent. He got destroyed in court. I well, absolutely. And everybody, it's funny because I think she came off queen, um, even when she was on trial. Because yeah, she was smug. But like, I would yeah. be too if I was in that situation. When you feel like you're right and you're annoyed to be there, yeah. that's what you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. 
Good for All her. Right. Anyway, that was a fun story to follow yeah. along with. It just was kind of a funny distraction from some of the really, well, the most awful, you know, the terrible news this week in Tennessee. Yeah. 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 It just was, I'm like, what again? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I know everybody feels the same way, so. Mm-hmm. Lori here for Furniture Manor, and uh, one of the things I asked uh, Casey's sister, you know, because I took her on a tour of a couple of, you know, really beautiful hotels here, and I said to her, I said, all right, so, but getting to the bottom line, because she helps people uh, decorate, and she said, I said, what is the easiest and um, most affordable or economical way to keep up on what's trending? She said, you got the accent furniture. She said, it's amazing what... A cute rug, a funky lamp, a metal and stone sculpture, a new big mirror. It's such a great way to update your home. And um, the other uh, thing that's happening at Furniture Furniture Manor, if you are somebody and you love uh, interior design, they are hiring. They're looking to expand their design team. And you just, of course, have to like people too. But... um, this might be the place for you. They're also hiring delivery. Furniture Manor, two miles north of 694 on County Road 81 in Osseo. If you're marching and doing high kicks right now to this Hollywood song, it must mean one thing. Chris uh, Hewitt, who is the uh, movie and theater critic for the Star Tribune, is joining us. Hello, Chris. Hi, Lori in Hawaii. Hawaii and Brittany in studio. Mm-hmm. Hi, Chris. Hi there. Okay, so Chris, Grant is like, uh, he's practically a part-time movie critic. He loves the theater so much. I think he's going to, he has seen every movie that you may be talking to us about, but we haven't heard from you in forever, so I don't know what movie you want to start with. With uh, For sure, let's start, because I think, I feel like there's so many good movies out there right now. I'm excited for theaters. Yeah, and some pretty exciting theater, too, with Hamilton coming back next week. Which one? Hamilton is back next week. The play. Oh, my God, I yes. forgot about that. theater, yeah. A lot of people will be excited because they didn't get to see it when it was here, whenever it was, like three years ago. Um, Gosh, when I was like that? that? I want to say... It was maybe more than four years ago. Yeah, I think it so. It was supposed to come back twice. That it didn't come back. Um, anyway, it's been a long time, and hopefully, yeah, tickets are a little easier this time around. Okay, movie wise, let's talk about the movie that I know. I think it opened last week. Um, I've read uh, stories about the soundtrack. I all kind of, but John Wick Four. Uh, I so. Admittedly, it's early this year. We've only had three months, but I am very confident it is going to be on my list of the top ten best movies of the year. I love John Wick Chapter 4. Why? I'm so glad to hear that, first of all, because it means a lot coming from you, but also pretty difficult to do sometimes with a fourth movie, but look at what Mission... You know, there have been other movies where they've been able to keep a franchise going, and uh, who doesn't love Keanu Reeves? Well, I'm not even sure I love Keanu Reeves. And here's the weird thing. I wasn't that nuts about the previous John Wick movies. I thought they were fine for what they were, which is, you know, sort of a lot of martial arts and people getting shot in the head and stuff. But this one is just thousands and thousands of times better than the, the three previous ones, largely because 
it's so inventive. The There are probably, oh, I don't know, six scenes in the movie that I bet at the end of the year we're going to be seeing on compilations of the year's best scenes because they're just so incredible and they're taking place in amazing places like the steps of the soccer cur in Paris and in front of the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And there's this crazy scene at a rave in, I'm trying to remember if it's Berlin or Paris, I think it's Berlin where people keep dancing despite the fact that people are getting knocked off like crazy all around them. It's as if they don't even notice or they're having so much fun at the rave that they don't even pay attention to the corpses. It's just a really stylish and weirdly, even though it's very, very violent, I should say, weirdly beautiful mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Okay. Grant, do you agree? Did you love it? Yes. And that stair scene that you're talking about with at the end there with those long, long, long stairs, I would have to agree. Yes, it was a beautiful, beautiful movie. And I think, Chris, didn't they say that he only said 384 total words in the entire movie or something like that? I'm honestly surprised it's that that many. I haven't seen that statistic, but I completely believe it because usually whatever he says is one word. Yeah, oh, it's like, I didn't even mention the Arc de Triomphe scene where people are driving, you know, in a circles around the Arc de Triomphe, yes. but a bunch of people with guns are in the middle of them walking in between speeding cars and trying to kill each other. It's just it's one highlight after another. The yeah. movie's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, good. Brittany, do you want to see this movie, or will you go? I is, I've never been in the John Wick universe, but now, I mean, Chris, you, you are like the fifth person to say that it is outstanding, that it's a must-see. It's it's kind of crazy, because it, like, Lori, you were saying earlier, fourth movie in a series, have they already yeah. done everything they're going to do? And in this case, to me, it almost feels like, they finally got a chance to do all the thing they'd been dreaming of, but I don't know, didn't have the money or whatever to do. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to rave too much. And, but I don't think I think, think I can rave too much. It will meet your expectations. Really? Okay. All right. I, I know Grant, I think saw this movie, he went to a sneak peek of it. I don't know if you, I don't know if your reviews in the paper today, I don't, I'm not sure when it opens, but can we talk about air the, the Michael Jordan Nike movie? We can. It doesn't open until Wednesday. Um, okay. But I am allowed to talk about it, and I also like it quite a bit. Not as much as John Wick Chapter 4, but it is the it, – it's one of those movies that in description it sounds like – who cares? Because it's about essentially a bunch of marketing guys at Nike trying to convince uh, fresh out of college Michael Jordan to endorse their sneaker. So it's a Isn't movie fresh about out of high school, shoes, basically. But, but it has this Aaron Sork. It isn't by Aaron Sorkin, but it has this very Aaron Sorkin-y quality where people are doing a lot of fast talking and arguing over each other and doing walk and talks. It's almost like the West Wing were taking place at uh, the Beaverton headquarters of Nike in Oregon. Um and it surprisingly is really entertaining, partly because um, Matt Damon is fantastic as this guy who's sort of a shoe mogul and who takes it upon himself to convince Michael Jordan's family that they should sign with Nike. But even more because Viola Davis plays Michael Jordan's kind of bemused yes. by the whole thing that all these people are so interested in her son, but also very confident that her son is probably the best basketball player of all time. And Viola Davis is just spectacular in the movie. Oh, good. Because we had heard that 
That was Michael Jordan's only request. Ben Affleck in an interview said, I only have one request of you guys. I want Viola Davis to play my mom. Yeah, make him a casting director, too. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. She's There's this, uh, and I talk about this in my review, which will be in the paper next Wednesday, but there's this thing she does. A lot of her scenes are on the phone, and the other ones are basically in conference rooms with Matt Damon and other employees. Jason Bateman is mm-hmm. also very funny in the movie, by the way. But she does this thing where she speaks very calmly. We do not get any of the usual trademarked Viola Davis snotty tears in this movie. She speaks very calmly and very bemusedly. She has a smile mm-hmm. on her face all the time, mm-hmm. like she knows a secret, and it makes her fascinating. Oh, God. Grant, did you like air? Oh yeah, loved it. And like he said, the 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 hair, the the everything about the '80s is fully, fully, fully in effect in this movie. So it it brings you right back there. The soundtrack. Plus, it's one needle. Oh yeah, one needle drop after another. There's Dire Straits. There's uh, Tears for Fears. There's Cindy Lauper. Actually, it's very specifically 1984. So. Mm. A, a friend and I were kind of talking afterwards that it's missing Michael Jackson and it's missing yeah. Madonna, but basically every other hit of that year is on the soundtrack. Wow. I, I know Ben Affleck said that Van Halen, Van Halen with Eddie gone, it's so disorganized they couldn't get jumps, so they put in um, Squeeze, Tempted. Oh, yeah. Tempted is very early in the movie. Um, yeah, it's uh, it definitely conveys that whole... It sort of brought me back to my college years a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about, um, I didn't even know that Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin were in a movie together. A new one. Weirdly, so this is, yeah, the second movie they've been in together, and Jane um, Fonda has another movie coming out next month. I mean, the woman is in her mid-80s, but apparently she just can't stop working (laughs) because she has a sequel to the book club movie that comes out in in May. Uh, I guess that's not Mm -hmm. quite next month. What what is this new one? It's called Moving On, and it's by a guy who, I don't know if you saw the movie that had Kelly Garner and Lily Tomlin called Grandma probably six or eight years ago. Okay, yes. so it's the same filmmaker as that. And I think what happened, uh, according to what I read, is that Lily Tomlin said, hey, you should write me another movie, and this time write a part for my friend Jane Fonda, too. And he said, okay, I will. And so that's what it is. Uh, Jane Fonda has the bigger role. She plays a woman who, in practically the first scene of the movie, goes to a funeral uh, a friend of hers has died, and the friend's widower is played by Malcolm McDowell, and she walks up to him and says, I'm going to kill you this weekend. And then we kind of backtrack and find out what it is that she has against him and what kind of the backstory of all these friends is. And Lily Tomlin uh, is a longtime friend of the Jane Fonda character, too, and she becomes her potentially partner in crime. So it's Did you somewhat like it? similar to the vibe they have on Grace and Frankie, but not mm-hmm. quite as cuddly and adorable with maybe a little bit more of an edge of danger in this one. Like you kind of believe she might kill the guy. Yeah. So but did it's a you like it's it? a dark comedy. I did like it. Yeah. Mostly because okay. I don't think there's anything in it that people haven't seen, you know, a fair number of times before, but I love seeing Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda together. I want them to make a movie every month, basically. So mm-hmm. that's why I liked it, is that I love yeah. seeing them pair up again. Yeah, same. I'm with Will you Will that there. be in theaters? That's only in theaters for now, yep. 
Okay, good. All right, Chris, can you stay with us? I would love to. Okay, great. We're talking with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. You can um, follow him. I We recommend it on Twitter. It's at Hewitt2TStrib. Lori here for uh, Hammernick's Interior Solutions, which is a family-owned business over 78 years, you guys. And they serve... They service the whole entire Twin Cities metro area and beyond Rochester, St. Cloud, Mankato, Western Wisconsin, Waconia, everything. And they've got two huge flooring superstores. One is in St. Paul on Rice Street, right across from the Design Center. And there's also one in New Hope, right up at 169 and Bass Lake Road. But the fact that Hammernix is a full-service flooring company and the length of time they've been in business they have the largest in selection uh stock for you for all kinds of gorgeous flooring you know the wood the vinyl wood flooring the beautiful color choices and always competitively priced their inventory is always marked 12 percent off they're already good low price and if you're do-it-yourselfer or they can do the installation for you that's uh, amernix.com for more information we are here with Lori and Julia, sans Julia, and we are here with the one and only Chris Hewitt. He's seen all the movies, and I'm kind of nervous to ask you about this one, Chris, because I think this is on your radar, but um, I'm mostly asking because I want to look cool in front of my nephews. Um, they're very into Dungeons and Dragons, like really into Dungeons and Dragons, and the new movie coming out, I'm scared to take them to it if it's one of those movies that does not lean into its namesake? Uh, I hate to say that I'm very not into Dungeons and Dragons, so I managed to avoid the movie, but I have heard it's actually good and that it does do a pretty decent job of, of visualizing the game that, you know, everybody who goes is probably already a player of. So I think from what I've heard anyway, you might be in safe territory, but yeah, I haven't seen it. I apologize. No, no worries. I mean, you can't see them all, even though you and Grant are currently trying. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this movie, instead of that, or this week, I should say, instead of reviewing that, I reviewed this movie, A Thousand and One, with Tiana Taylor. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's phenomenal in it. In fact, I wouldn't be at all surprised if 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 she gets talked about all the way up to Oscar nominations for Best Actress because uh, it was a big hit at Sundance. In fact, it won the top prize at Sundance, and she plays a woman who gets out of prison in New York and then kidnaps her child out of foster care, and then we follow them over about 15 years as a variety of things happen to them, and we keep worrying they're going to get caught and it's uh, it's gritty and sad in a lot of places, but her performance is just spectacular in it. Chris, what's the name of that movie? That is called A Thousand and One. And okay. Tiana Taylor, you might know that name because she choreographed a couple of videos for Beyonce, and she also was in that super hot video for the Kanye West song. Yes. Fade, where a woman alone in a room wearing a thong and a bra dances like crazy to that song, and yeah. then the video takes a, a strange turn toward the end. Anyway, that's her doing that, and she that's also her, and that she's also, too. and I think this is a great pick. She's going to play Dion Warwick in a biopic. Oh wow! I didn't know that she is. 
I just read it like in Variety or The Hollywood Reporter, one of the trades yesterday, and I thought, that is, and even physically, you know, because she's pretty much always has short hair, I could see her being Dionne Warwick, and I, yeah, I, I really like her. She has that almost, those almost kind of cat-like eyes, too. That is a really interesting choice, and I'm telling you, she's she has not done a lot of acting. She's been in music videos, and she was in Coming Into America, too, and that's about it, but she, there's a scene in this movie where she, at the same time she's laughing and crying and wolfing down ramen noodles, and somehow all of those things are happening at once, and it's spectacular. Oh, good. It all looks right, like good for, she did. I think her, she and her husband had a, a reality show, Brittany. I watched it. Oh, what was it? I can't remember what it was called, but it was, I, I'm pretty sure, I just can't remember what it was called. Okay, Chris, here's a question for you. Because I, I did do my homework last night, um, and I can do it real early, you guys, like 6, six o'clock at night. Everything <laughs> is, you know, print and stuff with the time difference. But the Academy has um, changed a rule that I think is a win for filmmakers, and it's certainly a win for theater owners. And this is what it is, is that in order to be oscar eligible for anything it used to be as long as you played for a week in new york and la at the same time you could be eligible but they're changing it now that the movie needs to run in the top 15 theater markets in the country in order to be eligible for an oscar oh i think that's a good change and i'm trying to remember Minneapolis or the Twin Cities is used to be the number fourteen market. Yes, I don't know if we're still in the top fifteen. Are I we think still we are. in the top fifteen now? Good. Yes. So that's good news for us, and that means I mean I bet Steven Spielberg somewhere in the shadowy background was behind that because <laughs> he's been kind of tuning that horn for quite a while, um, arguing that you know Roma, for instance, shouldn't have been up for all those Oscars because it was never in theaters, and I, I'm kind of with him. Movies belong in theaters. They can also go other places, but they should be in theaters. I mean, the streamers will still win, but like um, Amazon, I guess when they did the audience testing for air, they realized they have like a huge hit on their hands. And it was originally just going to air for one week in theaters. Now it's having a, like a six weeks theater run before it moves to Amazon. And Netflix will have to do the same thing with my Maestro, the Bradley Cooper, Leonard Bernstein biopic. Um, Apple will have to do the same thing for Killers of the Flower Moon, the Scorsese movie based on that book. So I, I like Actually, this. Apple had already announced like that. Oh, they did? Yep. I think it's coming out. It's sometime late fall, but they had already announced that it's going to have a long theatrical run. And obviously, filmmakers are thrilled by all of this. So, yeah, I feel it. I'm with you. This is a win-win for all of us. Yeah, I think so, too. And I guess this stuff, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, did you read that book, Chris? Oh, my gosh. Of course I did. I loved it. Of course you did. I know. You guys, it's an amazing story about what happened to the Native Americans and uh, what mm. what state was it in? Kansas? Uh, Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma, that's right. Anyway, David Gann, he's the same guy that wrote Lost City of Z that became a movie, but that Killers of the Flower Moon with Leonardo DiCaprio, I think he's the FBI guy investigating the murders. It's going to open the Cannes Film Festival. And it's it's one of those stories that is a true story, and when you read it, you're like, how did I not already know this? Because yes. it takes these crazy turns, and it's it involves a huge number of crimes and people, and yeah, it's it's a thriller, but it is a real life thriller. Yeah, it really is. I, I just couldn't even yeah believe that we we didn't know that. I. I, I I feel like it's going to be a good movie. You got Scorsese, you got Leo. Leo's going to be happy. No girlfriend, yacht, can, I mean, models. <laughs> he's he's not getting a girlfriend anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. you're right. He's concentrating on I, his good movie. Yeah. Uh, Chris, have you seen the movie? I, I think it's going to be at the Minneapolis uh, Film Festival. Um, but being Mary Tyler Moore, tell us about that. I have. It is a more candid, at least, than we have so far seen movie about her. It was partially produced by her final husband. So it's not, I don't know if I would say it's warts and all, but we definitely get more of a picture beyond the the kind of good-natured Mary Tyler Moore show character and mm-hmm. understand a little bit of, let's say, the ordinary people character side of her where she could be prickly and she 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 withstood a lot of tragedy in her life a couple yes. of people who died by suicide including her mm-hmm. mother which i had not actually oh, heard God. before and her health was precarious for years and years and she had big setbacks um professionally she was in a show that bombed before it even got to broadway and Okay. It kind of covers all that stuff, and it has some really intimate home movies, including one of Betty White roasting her at her uh, bachelorette party for her final marriage, where she seems like she's drunk and a little bit unhappy. All right. Um, Chris, where can so we see this? Like you... I'm sorry, what'd you say? Where can we see this? Because we gotta, we got to wrap it up, so I want people to know. It's going to be on HBO, I think, in about a month, but it will be at the Twins, uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Festival, which starts on the 14th. Okay, Chris, thank you for your time. we got to run. Thank you. Bye, Bye-bye. Chris. Thank you. All right. That's always so hard to do. I didn't never know. Here I am way over here. Yeah, right? I know. W- waving at you, too. Oh, hey. it's- yeah. I'm looking then at the countdown going, are you going to get it? Are you going to get it? You yeah. get it. You, you get it. Aloha. Both goodbye Aloha. and well, hello. We got a lot of good movie scoop. Yeah, it was a lot of great ones.